Good morning. It's exciting to be here under these circumstances today. And uh, we all know about the Great Commission. It's also popularly unknown as the Great Omission. And I'll tell you why. So Jesus said, let me read it. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. A bit of obedience. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So a couple of things. Number one, is I know Jesus is here with me, so... Uh, and I trust you will know that too. The interesting thing is we are commanded to make disciples. Now, if you do arithmetic, if I discipled one person and taught him to make disciples, and it took me a year to get him there. So next year, the two of us are each going to make one disciple. So by the end of the second year, there will be one, two, three, four of us. And in the third year, all four of us are going to each make a disciple and teach them how to share with somebody else and disciple them. So at the end of the third year, we will have eight. So how long do you think it will take to reach the world? 32 years. 32 years. Now it's 2,000 years later and we still haven't done the arithmetic or believed it. So this is the passion that has challenged me, the Great Commission, and I know what Jesus did for me at the late age of 36, the journey started. And it, it went into overdrive and then... That was in 84. In, in 95, 6, 7, I think, I attended some workshops where people ministered to me, taught me, challenged me, and discipled me. And it transformed my life. I've shared some of that with you in, on other occasions. But, so out of those experiences... I'm a very pragmatic person. I put together, the one workshop we did was seven days. Now, have you got seven days to go on a workshop? It's hectic to be preached at seven days a week for seven days solid. And then ministry in between. And I went to seven of these. Because I became a facilitator and I got trained up and we went and did it in the Ukraine and so on and so on. And I came back and I thought, a week is too long. And I got some other teachings and I condensed this into a weekend. And we've done about 35 of them to date. And we've trained three people to present them. One in Russia, one in uh, Freyate, and who is the other one now? I forget for a moment. And about 50 people to facilitate in Minister to the people through this process. 
So you might think if you've done 35 of these, this is old hat, you, you can relax. But you know what? I've never done it in a church context like this. And Jesus is one who picks the least, like he picked David. He could have picked any of the other big churches around. But he's happy to be here. And I believe he's going to do something that I'm still trying to fathom and figure out. Because we sit here and we've been in church for how many years? Since 84 when I became a Christian. And I still haven't seen the New Testament church properly in action. The healings and the deliverances happening. We see bits and pieces of it here and there. But I, I, I believe we have a future ahead of us that is exciting and exploding with a, with a love and power of God that is going to overwhelm us. So uh, the workshop is really about the identity of the believer. And theoretically we know we have a father in heaven and Jesus is our brother, our older brother. And, 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 but to actually embrace that identity um, through the cross. The workshop helps participants to deal with unresolved issues that stop us on this journey. And it's usually a weekend and six weekend follow, six follow-up sessions, you know, in the evening where we have a little group meeting. And there's also two ministry sessions, one before and one after. So we, we ran two of these workshops last year. The one uh, early in, uh, what was it, uh, November, and the other one during the second half of the year, but on a weekly basis at home. And it started from an emergency perspective. I just had a sense that a few people needed to do the workshop, and then we did the other one, and... We're at this point now where we're planning another one for the end of the month. But today I want to, you know, Scripture says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And in the bulletin, you see the Scripture there, it says, they overcame came through the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. We believe unto uh, justification and we, what is that scripture? Met jou mond gloe jy en jy word gered. But we have to speak it out. Testimony is the power that the Holy Spirit witnesses with. So we have about eight or nine or ten people that will share just very briefly in three minutes their experience and perspective and I pray that God will bless you through that. So, um, I'm going to start by calling on Greg. Greg Reed. Please, Greg. Thanks, Jockey. Hello, everyone. It's good to be back. Yeah, well, lots of people go on holiday. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as Jockey says, we're just going to share a little sliver of our testimonies which I must say is quite a hard thing to do. But uh, here's a little, here goes a little sliver of my testimony. Um, so um, I was born and brought up uh, in, a, in a Christian household, a Roman Catholic church. So up until being a teenager, I 
went to church every week as a Roman Catholic, and the emphasis, although it was Christian, biblical, good moral family upbringing, my folks were only saved when I was about a teenager. And the whole emphasis of, the, of Roman Catholicism is on your outward appearance. So that was in my formative years, that was what got uh, um, ingrained into, into me, was, uh, was works-based salvation, and it's all focused on your outward appearance, your outward performance. And it was only when I was um, between the ages of 8 and 12 that I came to know Jesus through um, various people who, who were walking with the Lord. Um, so as a young man, I really battled with anxiety and stress. That was, that was kind of the, the stumbling block for me. Um, and, uh, and I was healed of that, I suppose in a radical way, but it was through a process. I was already at Sarepta. And, uh, and I can remember making a pact with the Lord that if he could heal me of this, I would live for him. And, uh, and, and that was the breakthrough in my life back then. Uh, but I've always felt that my, my, um, if I could just get my thought life under control, then, then everything... Hello? Still there, yeah. <laughs> if I could just get my thought life under control, then everything would be, would be fine. And it's, it's, uh, it's been a process over many years where I've realized that actually it's not about me getting my life under control. It's just focusing on Jesus. And actually everything falls into place when you focus on Jesus. Because if you try and focus on yourself, perfecting yourself, uh, that's when things go wrong. Again, this discipleship course was fantastic for me. Uh, it's, it's going back to basics. And as Jockey told us, we each take away something different from the discipleship course because it goes, it's like a foundation course. It's going all the way back to the basics. For me, my breakthrough moment on the discipleship course was the one-on-ones. So we are each given a facilitator. My facilitator was Alan, uh, and uh, I was Alan's facilitator. So we kind of um, did it back to back. But it's, uh, it's a one-on-one private um, conversations that we have with each other. And, uh, and uh, Jockey is ruthless. There's a list of questions where there's absolutely no hiding room. Um, and, and for me, it was sharing my private life with Alan and bringing it into the light. Uh, for me, that was the breakthrough moment. You know, I, I think the way that God has designed us as a community is, it, it is community. It's, we're brothers and sisters, and we're not meant to walk this walk alone. Uh, we, we're meant to carry each other and share each other's burdens and, and pray for each other. So for me, that was the breakthrough moment, um, the confession of sin and, and sharing uh, with each other. And it's been, it's been fantastic, and I think it's going to just um, unfold going forward. Thank you so much, Greg. Um, the verse I was trying to quote, with Afrikaans and English I get mixed up, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, but it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So the first time I was challenged, I was newly saved in Freyet, and the Dumini thought it would be a good idea. There was a a congregational course that they started. There were about 60 or 80 of the, the, the first rounders in the church, those who were always into it first. And they were all there, and he asked me, uh, to share my testimony. I actually didn't know what and how to go about this, so I just told my story. 
And uh, that night, I was never, I never slept. I was conscious of something all that night, but I woke up rested. But the Spirit of God was working in me that night, all night. And it was the most beautiful night. I remember it to this day. And it was at Natal Spa, was the resort where we were. So, when we speak, God witnesses with our spirit. And I would like to call Tapiwa to come and share next. Uh, morning. <clears throat> yeah, where to start? Where to start? Uh, yeah, uh, for me, the workshop was a, it was a, a great experience. Uh, I think it was the first time I really experienced, like, you know, the power of the spoken words. Because, yeah, uh, for me, I think I had a lot of bottled emotions, you know, things that I never spoke to anyone about. And I got to speak, you know, for the first time to someone. And when you speak and you know that, you know, your words are being received with love and with no judgment, you know, that, that aspect on its own, it brings healing and also... It breaks strongholds. So for me, it was a journey of, of stepping aside and watching the trail of God's goodness in my life, how he pieces things together and how intentional he is in every detail of my life. And to see it also happening to other people, uh, it, was, it was just amazing. And also, after the workshop, uh, I had a close friend who reached out to me after they had a traumatic event. If they had reached out to me before the workshop, I would have not known what to say, and I would have not known how to listen to them. But because of the workshop, I knew how to listen to them and knew how to encourage them with the truth of God's word, as I had learned at the workshop. So not only did the workshop help me personally and my personal challenges, in the journey of being a Christian, it also equipped me to be a helping hand to other people. Thank you. Thank you, TK. I really appreciate that. And uh, so next up is Linz. Hold the mic close to your mouth, eh? Poor Lynn tells me. Morning, everyone. Happy New Year. We, we haven't been here this year yet, so yeah. Mine's not so much a testimony as uh, just a, a promotion of the course. And uh, I sort of wrote, headed, why do the Zoe, Zoe Discipleship course? Um, it's practical. It's a systematic assessment of where I am in my walk with God and of those around me. Plus shows you a wonderful way to go forward. We can honestly look back to see how, how we became who we are today and get a revolution of what Jesus did on the cross. A revelation, sorry or revolution, and the absolute need to die to self to gain our new ID in him. Sounds daunting, but it is profound, yet based on common sense conclusions and common sense teachings. Jockey and Anneli are gentle, assured leaders, and share personal testimonies to create a non-threatening environment for learning, growth, and change. Just as when he, Jockey, shared at Arnerton Church the session on giving up our worldly rights, in preparation for our new ideas in Christ, really touched me and challenged me, especially the right to keep control of my life. And that's definitely part of what I had to work through. 
Um, do this course and you'll definitely gain a fresh perception of firstly why we are here, secondly what a wonderful God we serve, and thirdly what a low down sneaky liar the devil is. Um, and just to finish off just this morning singing and, and worshipping, just turn your eyes upon Jesus and the things of this world will grow strangely dim. I think that's so typical of what we get on this course is it's aimed at Jesus, what he did on the cross, and just what the plan he has for us. And, but it is a challenge. We need to give up those rights. And as I said, for me, that was the moment in the course which was most profound. Thank you. Thanks, Vince. Thank you very much. Um, so where's Julia? I haven't seen her this morning. You're not, it's not you yet. But Julia introduced me to somebody uh, and said there's somebody I need you to meet and uh, she brought Annalisa along and Annalisa please come and share Annalisa we spent some time together the three of us and after that I invited Annalisa to join our group and that became the one group that where Lindsay was also involved and thank you Annalisa for being prepared to share with us Thank you, Jockey. I'm actually glad that you mentioned Julia, but before I do that, morning, everybody. I greet you all in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I'm so honored to be here, and I'm really, really happy to share this. I'm not going to be three minutes, or not going to lie to you, because there's just so much, but I will try to be as little, I mean, as quick as possible. Um, I actually want to ask Julia if she could please come to the front. I would do no justice if I did not glorify God and let him know that I'm thankful for you because you brought me here and you brought me to um, Jockey. In fact, you brought me to this um, workshop. So it has changed my life completely, and I want to thank you. Right, so um, as I've mentioned, uh, Julia brings me to Jockey. says to me one day, Annalisa, um, Yeah, uh, I was actually going to ask her to counsel me because I was going through a lot in my life at the time. Um, That includes a divorce. Um, But my life starts even way before a divorce. I um, have always been a child of God that has been protected, loved, and nurtured by God. But I didn't understand this and I didn't see this and I had no sense of understanding that there is a God who loves me because I come from a family whereby um, there was a lot of ancestral um, practices. Um, I am a Zulu um, young lady um, born and bred here in Durban. So um, that took an effect in my life because then they, that whole ancestral thing, even though my mother did belong to a church, but the whole ancestral thing did take a toll as far as my identity was concerned. Now, when your identity has been attacked by the enemy, you have no sense of purpose. And for the longest time in my life, I had no sense of purpose. I knew there was something bigger. I knew there was something much bigger than me, but I didn't know what, where, and how. So this affected my relationships, and this affected everything that had to do with my life. Now, one of the things that it did affect is was my desire to belong. I had a deep sense of wanting to belong. My mother did die at the age of 13, so I had no sense of belonging afterwards because she was the only 
foundation. There was no foundation of Christ in my life before that. So when she passed on, I had no sense of belonging. So this was a challenge, again, for my, of identity from a very young age. Moving forward, um, introduced to the workshop, um, I actually was a breakthrough just happened. And this breakthrough happened on the first day, on the first day that I met up with Jockey. And Jockey sat me down and we really had a breakthrough because Jockey and Anna Lee really led me to the cross. If there's two people in this life that have led me to the cross, it has been Jockey and Anna Lee. And I'm so thankful for that because my identity was established. Strongholds were broken. I'm free. I am so free. <laughs> I have a new identity of God's love for me. And more importantly, I don't belong to anybody else. Not everyone, not anyone. I belong to God. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I now have a greater sense of purpose. I know now where I should go. I know what I should do. It's not easy. It's a challenge. Every day you have to find who you are. You have to. But knowing God and having God in your life and walking with the right people and associating yourself with like-minded people and people who think beyond you also is very good for you. So before I go, um, I just wanted to, I put on, sorry, I, I'm going to try and, um, there's a verse here in one of the workshop books um, that really resonated with me that I still use till this day. Um, whenever I'm feeling a certain way um, or the enemy wants to tell me that I do not belong, I always refer back to Galatians 4. Verse 6, because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. First Peter 2, verse 9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Joki, I want to thank you very much. Anneli, I want to thank you very much for walking this journey with me. Thank you, Annalisa. All the glory belongs to Jesus. And uh, I know that. And, uh, but it's still wonderful to see and to have a ringside seat to see what Jesus does in the lives of people. It's just, I'm addicted to it, I think. I don't know whether that needs prayer. But. So, Julia, you're on. Thank you. That was amazing. Flipping heck. Um, awesome. Okay, so my journey goes a little bit further back than the course as well. Um, so I remember looking around at what, like about three, four years ago, and I looked around at everybody around me, and everybody around me was struggling. 
I was like, gosh, this is really hard. Like, this person's hurting, this person's hurting, this person's hurting, this person's hurting. And I just didn't quite know what to do about it. So I um, drew up, I took a big piece of white cardboard, and I was like, I'm going to open a trauma center, (laughs) because then I can help everybody around me. So I drew this beautiful thing of a trauma center, and I was like, right, now what do I do? (laughs) And so um, I looked around, and there was, I saw people coming out of our church, and where they were changed and they were tweaked. And I saw these people who were really having a hard time. And then suddenly, it was like the lights had gone on and they were doing amazingly well. And I was like, gosh, what is this? And one by one, it pointed to Jockey. And I was like, yo, okay, these people have gone and they've done one-on-ones with Jockey. And I was like, right, Jockey's my dude. So I went and I pitched up. Jockey didn't know me. And I was like, hi, Jockey. <laughs> and I laid out my plans. I would like to open a trauma center. Please can you help me and what do I need? And Jockey very kindly took me through a process. Um, and we looked at it, we revisioned it, and we turned into something completely different but with the same heart. Um, and, and he has taken me under his wing. And, and, and I've got to watch the, the Zoe Discipleship course in action. And I promise you, when I say people walk in broken and they walk out with the light switched on, that's what happens. And that is the Zoe Discipleship course. Um, but it's also, yeah, it's Jockey being unbelievably wonderful at what he does. Um, and he carries something which is exceptional. Um, and I, he's changed my life. And he, um, yeah, in so many ways. I do. I've opened a business and we do crazy stuff. We've written curriculums largely based on Jockey's work. Um, and uh, my life has changed because of you. So thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Jockey and Annalie. <laughs> and this course, yeah, literally switches, switches on the light, changes lives, and just puts everything back into perspective. So very grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. The, the interesting part is that the whole focus this morning is on the workshop, but actually that's not for me the whole focus. You see, there was a guy called Barnabas who discipled who? Paul. And few of us know anything about Barnabas, except that he was an encourager. But Paul wrote half of the New Testament. So I'm excited to see what God is going to do with the people that come through this, that can go way beyond where I can go. Because I'm sort of in what they call my sell-by date is approaching. So it's not that I want to rush it, but My dream is to see the coming of Christ. It's been for decades. And uh, anyway, so now I want to ask Mandy. So she has a special relationship with Julia too. So Mandy, thank you. Good morning, church. Um, So my story, uh, basically forgiveness, testimonies, and vulnerability. Um, the forgiveness is like we are taught every day to forgive people and that Christ forgave us but I didn't fully grasp that as in my life because there was people that I thought I had forgiven but I just put them out of my mind and the workshop helped me go back and just forgive people 
which was very hard. <laughs> um, one thing is just that apparently there is a difference between knowing you're a child of God and believing it. I've known this since I came here, that I'm a child of God, I'm loved by God, but it was head knowledge, not invested in my heart. And I struggled with the father because I grew up with an absence father. Um, and I did not know this. And when we had the one-on-ones and Milan sat me down and she's like, do you need to forgive your dad? I'm just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Like, it's fine. And God really just was like, no, you really need to forgive him so that you can have a clear relationship with me so that there's no, oh, there's not, nothing that is standing between me and you. And that was very hard because, yeah. And then also the testimonies of the people, it just made me see everyone else in a different perspective, made me see where everyone else comes from and understand them better. And now I can relate to them because now I don't have a perspective that they're just like there and perfect and they don't make mistakes because now I'm in their lives. And that just builds community so much. And I'm so grateful for that aspect of the workshop that now I am free to be myself around everyone because I have nothing to hide. I have no shame. And I can relate to people in a way that I didn't before. Um, so that was, and then not taking offense, which was a big one because I would get very offended very easily. And now I'll just take a step back and I'm like, Mandy, this is not about you. It's okay. And that has helped me so much at work, at home, everywhere. Um, it's like, I would really encourage everyone to do this because there's so much freedom at the other end of it, honestly. Thank you so much, Mandy. Uh, so, Julia is not the only one that gets a chance. Wendy, thank you for being prepared to share with us. No problem. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, I've been doing some um, transformational stuff with Jockey for quite some time. Um, and I, I wanted to give you a couple of examples just to give you an idea of the, the power that this transformational stuff can have in your life. Um, and the SOE workshop is really all about transformational stuff. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, I think we all have stuff from the past that maybe has uh, had a negative effect in our lives and it's hard to shake off. Um, this started for me at very young when I had a, an elder brother who really didn't like me. And he used to say helpful things like, you are so stupid and you can't sing and oh, Wendy, and it, like, you are hopeless. And the problem if you believe these lies, they come, become part of your thinking and uh, your brain plays them out um, through your life, but it, it's hard to get rid of them. And really, you know, I've tried a, a lot of things, uh, psychologists or books or whatever, but it, it's really difficult. Um, anyway, moving along. Um, one of the things I did with a jockey was a strength finder's test. And, and I thought I was really stupid. And one of the things that, uh, that concerned me was like, people seem to speak so more quickly and more easily than I do. 
And really, I think a lot of people like process outwardly. It's like they, they just speak, you know, and as they speak, they kind of know what they're thinking while they're speaking. And, and I'm not like that, you know. I take a bit longer, and like by the time I know what I think, the conversation has moved on. <laughs> and I might be like butting in later, and, and, and they're already somewhere else, but this stuff happens. But anyway, this, this Strengths Workshop was really useful to me. Kind of, I knew I had a big responsibility thing, and I knew, like, I wasn't good on relational stuff. But what I didn't know was that three, no, four out of my uh, greatest strengths are actually thinking skills. So I'm taking in stuff and processing it kind of all the time. And, uh, and, and kind of relating whatever I'm hearing to stuff I've heard uh, before. And, uh, and then I'm generating bundles of ideas, because ideas is kind of one of my strengths. And then um, I have this strategic ability. It's like, uh, it's intuitive, and like it's, it, it's wafting through, uh, through ideas and thoughts and what have you, and, and it's, and it's uh, coming to a, like, jumping to an intuitive conclusion as to what, yeah, this is a good idea, and I'm futuristic, so, yeah, this will really help in my future. And then, because I have a learner ability, I, I can just implement whatever, because I know I can learn whatever I need to learn along the way. So it's actually a really neat, neat set of uh, skills that kind of all works together. Now, my thinking skills are like of no importance to you, but the point is that we all have gifts, and the devil likes to hide them. He uses lies to try and cancel what your gifting is to make you ineffective, because if you knew, if you only knew what you're capable of, you would be so effective for the Lord. And so this kind of transformational thing, when you kind of... Um, that what Jockey's so good at is, is taking God's truth and, and shining it um, into a dark place in your thinking. And uh, the light of God, just like... In the light of God, the, the darkness just disappears. The lies just aren't there anymore. And then you can take off your whole life on a completely different level. Um, so that's one example. And another example that, um, that I, I wanted to bring up was kind of in the emotional arena. Because, you know, I've experienced a great deal of, of pain and rejection and stuff during my life, and like, how do you get rid of this? Um, and then there was this passage in Isaiah 53 that kind of struck me, and I, I was working with Jockey at that time, so, um, and, and I realized reading this passage that, because I'd always, I'd always known that God heals, that Jesus healed, he healed wherever he went, but I'd always thought of that in physical terms, physical healing. And then when I read this passage, I realized how much of the emotional stuff 
the trauma, the rejection, and so on, that Jesus himself carried on our behalf so that we can have healing. So I, I read this in a totally different light, and I just want to read it for you now. So he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was punished for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. So when I met with Jockey, we applied these truths, and it wasn't just one or two things from the past that got sorted. It was so much. For some people, you might unlock the pieces bit by bit. For me, it was really quick, because I, rea- I realized that Jesus had already dealt with everything. Um, and I think that, that many of you have known me for a long time or will have seen the changes. So I just encourage you to, uh, to either enroll in the Zoe workshop or to come along and to learn to be facilitators because it's really exciting. It's exciting stuff to just see people's lives get changed in front of your eyes. So come be a facilitator. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks so much, Wendy. Uh, I didn't anticipate all the promotion, so it's a bit awkward, actually. (laughs) But uh, so, Tembi. Good morning, church. So, I, we grew up with a, a very abusive father. He was abusive, like, emotionally and physically. So, whenever he comes home, we'll just go into our rooms and hide. He was that kind of monster that we didn't want to see. Um, it was actually funny, because... Like, one, we are six at home, so maybe one of us would see him comes at the gate. We're like, here he is, and we go hide. Um, so we didn't even want to see him around the house because we didn't know what he was going to say, what he was going to do to us. Um, so he would just say words like, you are nothing, you are good for nothing, 
all those discouraging words. So when I went to Zoe workshop, I had that identity in me that I was nothing, that I was not good enough. Um, so the workshop really, really helped me because I had to die to self. I had to know my identity. I had to let go of all those words, all those negative words, and just replace it with love. That God, and just know that God loved me first, and know that I am forgiven in Him. So I had to forgive my dad. I thought I did because we were okay with seeing him around the house. We were just fine. It was just normal to us. But I, I had to forgive him over and over again to that workshop. And it started with me knowing that I am loved. Starting with me knowing that my identity is not what he said that I am. Um, I had to believe that I, had, I, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, there's nowhere that my dad said that I'm inferior. So after the workshop, um, and I think a week after the workshop, dad and I started talking again. So <laughs> I really, really thank God for that. And I really thank you. Jokey and Jules, <laughs> everyone who was at the workshop, and the testimonies were really awesome. There's a lot I can share, but what I can say is that there is a breakthrough in that workshop, and you guys, I really, really encourage you to go. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very much. So, um, the next person... Uh, actually isn't going to share her testimony. She brought her testimony along. Yeah. <laughs> so, I met Michelle on the internet, on a site that's somewhere in the UK, to find out she speaks Afrikaans like I do. <laughs> so, there's no other Afrikaans in the work. And okay. I then challenged her to come and join us and do the workshop. And she's been coming to our Wednesday group uh, for a couple of months and went through the whole process. And she says uh, she's not really keen to share anything. But what she did bring, she brought Gretchen along. So I want to ask Gretchen, why are you here? Misschien kan jij voor ons net vertel. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think let's start with everyone had a 2019 year and there was this meme that came out in like December, end of December that said, but did you die? And um, basically that was 2019 for a lot of people. So for me, my 2019 was literally, did you die? And um, I did not, yes. Um, so how Michelle and I met was in a weightlifting class last year, around about June, July, I think. And um, I've been going through some things, lots of things. And um, Michelle was there and we started to chat and we we're the only Afrikaans chicks in the class because we're up in Gillets and Durban is just English. So those Akins Afrikaans, blah, 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 blah. And uh, we go for sushi afterwards, you know, because we're very healthy our sushi and our wine and everything, the carb loading. And um, 
chatting to Michelle and she starts to talk and I'm thinking to myself, yes, Frau, you're like, you're this negative person and I don't understand it because you're beautiful, you're capable, you're smart, you've got everything going for you, the world is your oyster. And I don't, I don't understand why are you this bloody negative person? <laughs> and um, and I, I sort of, in my mind, I thought to myself, yeah, I'll, st- I'll steer clear because I can't deal with that now. And lo and behold, next weightlifting class, there's Michelle again. But we've been chatting and everything, and I think we went to Shongweni vinyl night or something as well. And you didn't feel well. You didn't want to climb on the bull and everything. And I thought again, so negative. I don't understand this. And uh, then she started the Zoe workshop. And the very first day after that, when I saw her, there was a change. And I couldn't, I was like, okay, you didn't work. Right, Michelle, do it. You do that. That's working for you. And she's just like, great, you need to come with me. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just dealing with my own things for a bit. But she's changing. And all of a sudden, this negative woman that really thought the world was out to get her, like literally her words were, why is everything so difficult, which resonates with me as well. But it just shifted. And now it's this positive person and... Yay, you stuck to me. We stuck together. I've since moved to Morningside, though, but we're still together as buddies and friends. And yeah, so it's, for me, it's, it's that's, I think, would be her testimony is the negativity went away and she saw light again, which I think is, you know, so that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah, so now you've got a bit of experience of some Afrikaans culture (laughs) coming through. So, uh, Michelle is telling me that she's coming to do the workshop again in January. And I'm very excited about that. And are you coming as well? So, She's coming on the workshop as well. So for me, the testimony is her life was so transformed that somebody else has seen it and says, I want what you have. And that's really my heart and my philosophy. And I'm so pleased. You mean it? It's a... I'm very... Can I get an Afrikaans? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ek is baie dankbaar vir oom Jocky en Tani Annelien, wat in my leven gekom het. Ek dink, die heren is baie goed, want ek het rechtig nodig gehad. Baie dank. Baie dank, jylle. When these things start connecting and people connect to people, uh, this is what really excites me. I, I want to share something with you, but it's It's confidential because everything we do is confidential. But a few years ago, I saw somebody, I've got his name somewhere, but I've forgotten him. I don't know who he is. So last year sometime, a lady came to see me and she phoned up, can I see you? I said, so where did you get my name? And she said, this person. I couldn't place him, but I had to take it for granted. So he got helped a couple of years ago and when he ran into her, he said, go and see Jockey. Now... Because of that, uh, we spend some time, <coughs> excuse me, and she's doing better. And then 
another phone call came and another lady called me and said, I ran into so-and-so, now this lady we're talking about, and she um, said, I should give you a call. And she came and we did three or four sessions and then she and her husband attended the workshop last year. This year, I get a call from her co-worker, a young lady who says, I've worked with so-and-so, and she said, I should call you and come and see you. And she came, and we've had three sessions. But after two sessions, I get a call from a WhatsApp, actually, from another lady who says, I spoke to somebody, and they said, I should come we should connect with you, me and my husband, because we've got problems in our marriage. And I said, who, who referred you? She said, no, it's, it's this girl. And her. Uh, no, I didn't ask her. She said, but I think my husband should come first. So the husband came to see me, and through him I figured out his wife spoke to this one. So we've got, I think, a five-domino effect of people's lives and experiences. And I'm not too trying to, uh, because I want to plead innocent. It's not me. It's Jesus that is doing the work. It's the Holy Spirit. And if I can do it, you can do it. And I saw other people do stuff. And you get awed and you see these people up on stage and platform and do, doing stuff. And I thought, but the scripture says, Elijah was a man like you. How does that carry on? And he prayed. And it didn't rain for six months or three years and three and a half years. And then he prayed again. But Elijah was a man like you. And I think we're all awed by Elijah. But the fact is, he's just like you. So whatever he can do, you can do. Because it's Jesus doing it. So... Um, From a product perspective, I think the product we're marketing is peace. Because Jesus sent his disciples and he says, when you go into a town and you enter a house, say, peace be upon this house. And if they receive your peace, stay there and carry on. And if they don't, walk away and wipe off the dust. And if anyone who wants to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So those are the basic premises for me. Now, there's a statement we use in coaching that, we, that says, you don't know what you don't know. Do you agree with that? You don't know what you don't know. And one of the things that we seem to forget, or sometimes we don't know, that we have been purchased we do not belong to ourselves anymore. We have no right to decide what we do with our lives anymore. We belong to Jesus. And we're supposed to do his bidding. So for me, I don't judge people for what they do and who they are. I just say, let us follow Jesus. And... Uh, We plan to do one again at the end of the month.
So it's a Friday night, the 31st of January, Saturday the 1st of February, and then a week later, another Saturday. We've split it up. It used to be a weekend, Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. So now it's Friday night, Saturday, and Saturday a week later. Because this is the first time we're doing it in a church context, because churches use the facilities on Sundays. I can't understand this. So there's a little slip in your uh, folder. For those that are interested to do this, uh, connect with the office as soon as possible, at least by Thursday. And uh, we cannot do many people. It's going to be a small number of people. It's going to happen here. And the cost is 400 rand, which is for catering and a bit of other expenses. But, and if anybody struggles with the cost... Uh, just say so and we will make a plan somehow. So we don't want everybody, anybody to be excluded because of money. So that is what I would like to say. I think that's it for now. Um, if you would like to speak to the people that you've heard here or ask them questions, please corner them and have a chat to them. Alan. So my heart is that we would be conformed to the image of Jesus. And as I've been on this course with all these people, and as a, as a pastor, you're always concerned, you're concerned for people growing in Jesus. One of the words I'm going to bring next week is a, is a word, and it's going to be rebirthing souls, renewing minds, releasing sons and daughters. And this course is about being conformed into the image of God and knowing who you are. Because if we don't know who we are, then we are going to be limping. We're going to be uh, very uh, hamstrung. We're not going to be able to be as effective as we, as we should be. And so being conformed to the image, becoming more like Jesus. So whether it is in the gym... And you walk walking together, suddenly now in the gym, you are impacting people because of your very presence. Because you have become more like Jesus. And so it's not tied to uh, a Sunday morning. It's actually tied to work. It's tied to wherever we go. That as our minds are renewed and we understand who we are, our life and our identity in Jesus, that we are going to impact the world around us. And so part of this course is uh, to release people. Once you've been on the course, and I was, uh, you know, you're going to sign up again because there's still, there's still so much, and you can probably do the course two or three times and, 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 and benefit from it and gain more knowledge. Because once we know it, like TK said, when he had that phone call, before he would not known what to do. Because he knew Jesus, because he knew his identity, because he knew things of repentance and forgiveness. Because he knew what to do now, he could help. And so the end purpose is that we release all you guys to be out there making disciples. Helping people walk in this life that, that, that we live in. And it's a tough life. It's a, 2019 has been a life, been a year, a difficult year for many people. 
But if we are walking with Jesus and we are making a difference and we are bringing hope and we are bringing peace, we can see our communities transformed. And it's wonderful to see Tembi and Mandy and TK and uh, Milan and uh, Justin at the back. I don't know why Justin didn't share today. But uh, it's, been, it's just wonderful to hear stories and be encouraged. We need to be encouraged. We need to be built up. We need to be out there reaching a lost world which is dying. But not just make, letting them make a decision for Jesus. Actually walking with them, discipling them along the journey. And so the workshop is one of those tools which helps that. It helps us and uh, other things that we do a- a- along the way. So I'm, I'm really excited about what is God going to do through the Lindsays and through uh, all, all, all of us, through the Ellen Judds, through, through uh, yeah. He's gonna, he, we're going to transform our society. We need to bring hope. And we bring hope when we find Jesus. And that's what this course does. It brings us to Jesus. It brings us to the foot of the cross. So thank you all. Thank you all those who have been on the discipleship course who shared their stories. Thank you. Let's, uh, let's close with a song. I know it's late and the children have arrived. But let's close with this song. I can't remember which one we might have. I cast my mind to Calvary. Because that's it. We look to Jesus. Always look to Jesus. Make this the... Uh, part of your year, looking to Jesus.